I don't know what it was. He's walking upright like a man. Sightings in and around Vermont. Bigfoot sightings across New England have been reported. Red glowing eyes, about seven feet tall. Red eyes, big old fangs, claws coming out through, three inches long, you know, just sharp as they could be. There has been another UFO sighting flying over the Royal Botanic Gardens. There are 500 UFO sightings in the world every month. The truth is out there. So, Brandon, we talked for an hour before this episode. Yes, we did. And it was exactly what everyone could have assumed that we were discussing. Ah, <laughs> uh, do you think so? I think the last part. Oh, the last part for sure. I think the, the last, last part, part. See, the last part, if this was an, if this was an episode you were running, uh, I would be still doing that during the episode. And actually, I am currently still doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, for those of you wondering, is me looking through uh, a proxy service to Japan uh, because I am actively trying to find random ass Japanese transformers for reasonable prices because there's a few that I ha- I'm missing from my collection, um, and I need them. I think "need" is the, the the functional word there. I do. I do need them. Um, I won't. I won't accept someone saying that I don't need these because these are like justice and pure love. <gasps> There's Cheetors in this set. <laughs> There's Cheetors I've never uh, seen. As a show of respect, I'm going to start as soon as I finish the guitar I'm, I'm working on, I'm going to start building you your own sarcophagus so that you it's it's large enough for you to be buried with all of your transformers. <laughs> It doesn't have to be all of them. It just needs my my request is I'd be bare with my Transmetal One Cheetor. Okay, that that is my Brandon only request I have that <laughs> needs to happen. Okay, that yeah. is it. Everything else, whatever. That mm-hmm. particular thing that has to happen. If that doesn't happen, I will be sad from the beyond the grave. Is all I'm gonna say. There's, I will be um, sad for you, but. <laughs> But there's a more important... Well, no, it's not more important. There's an equally important thing that happened this week. Do you know what it is? Have you been aware of what's been going on? Uh, the ship the got world? unstuck. Didn't get unstuck. It's still stuck. They just they just moved it um, enough so other ships could pass by it. It's... Oh, shit. It's my one-year anniversary. Is it really? Yeah. That shit sneaks up fast. Well, congratulations on that, but that's well, not you. it either. Um, but that's not the thing I was talking about. That's a congratulations, but not what I was talking about. Something significant in world news or like nerd news, us news? Both news? Both news. Um, Both news, I'll say. Whew. I don't, I don't, uh, new, uh, marijuana? That happened too, but that's also not what I'm, t- Brandon, it happened Wednesday. It happened Wednesday. Wednesday. Um, that, that was the one day I actually had to show up in office. So I might not yeah. have caught it. What, hap- what happened when they found do Bigfoot? You, do you have uh, HBO Max? I do have HBO Max. Have you watched Godzilla vs. Kong? Oh, I have not watched Godzilla vs. Kong. Well, you have to. You're fucking up. 
I can do, I haven't checked the HBO Max in, in a minute um, because it doesn't show up on Roku. So I've got to log on to my PlayStation. Ah, so um, in regards to, is it uh, good? Yes, it's the best movie from the the like. In my opinion, it is the absolute best uh, MonsterVerse movie. Bar none. Bar none. It's the oh, shoot. Okay. Um, I know some people will argue that... I know some people will absolutely argue that um, uh, Skull Island is better, but Skull Island didn't have Godzilla, so... Skull Island didn't by, have Godzilla, but it had Jack Black. But by def... Not, that's not the one... That's not the one. Are you Jack about Black the- wasn't in that. Jack Black was not in Skull Island. Did I not see Skull Island? There were... There, I didn't see Skull Island either, apparently. Yeah, Damn. Skull Island... The Skull Island one is set in the MonsterVerse. The one you're thinking of is King Kong, uh, which has... Which spawned the wonderful song, Get to the Fucking Monkey, which is one yeah. of my favorite songs ever. I see some um, screenshots. I think I have to catch up on some of these. This looks kind of cool. do. Uh, we might have to have a movie night. Dang. All right. Yeah. So, um, really good. Uh, really enjoyed it. Some funny bits. Uh, it felt a lot like Kong propaganda for most of the movie. Um, were there any cool like guest appearances? No, no. So, um, the problem is, so no, no, no cool guest appearances appearances which i guess is spoilers um but also keep in mind that the next monsterverse film hasn't been uh announced, announced. yet uh, um and we don't actually know if it's coming or not like it still has to be approved by uh toei before we can actually you know yeah so we um, we we can give a date it will happen by for the same reason that they made some of the more terrible superhero movies and that's when the IP is about to run out so it'll be when, whenever they're about to lose control of that that trademark or whatever the movie's going to come out before then that's that's not entirely true um so so the problem with that is Legendary Films needs to get a new license, basically. So until they get a new license, um, there can't be a new MonsterVerse film. So they had to like basically re-up the license, and they had to go through <sighs> Toho to get that license. Um, until they get that license through Toho, there's nothing they can do. Uh, that's the reason. So like. That's the reason why, uh, like, Mothra... So, spoiler alert, only Kong and Godzilla show up in this movie. Well, not completely, but I'm not going to spoil anything more. Uh, but the reason that, like, they don't even reference Rodan, who was still alive at the end of King of the Monsters, by the way, because he was yes. still being a Starscream mother, a little Starscream motherfucker. Um, he's still alive at the end of... Uh, King of the Monsters, but he doesn't show up in... Was this better than King of the Monsters? Yes, by, like, the widest of margins. Really? Because King of the Monsters, like, was an amazing movie if you ignore the storyline. But again, you're not watching that movie for the storyline. 
Well, if you it, not necessarily you ignore the storyline, if you ignore the human plot. Yes, yes, I stand corrected. Just, 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 if just you completely look, ignore any personal character development. If you pretend that there's no humans in that plot, it's phenomenal. It's perfect. Yeah. Uh, the second you start to think about humans, though, is not is not good. It's yeah. just not good. That's just all there is to it. It's bad at that point. Did you see the Rage uh, movie? Which I, Rage I movie? did not. The movie based off Rage the Video Game, where there's like Lizzie the Lizard and the Werewolf. Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't either because I imagined it would be terrible where all I would want is a full hour of just watching them fight each other in the most brutal way possible. And I'm positive that didn't happen, even though I never saw it. Oh, I'm I'm more than positive that that didn't happen. That's that's just it was it looked terrible and it looked like something that should have never, ever was the rock Ever in there? Existed. Yes, he was. Uh, although he prefers to be known as Dwayne Johnson, Brandon. He flipsies and flopsies on that. It, it, You're it, not I think incorrect. The... You're not incorrect. I can't. I can't argue with that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, I'm looking at screenshots. Oh. These aren't Beast Wars anymore. Oh, Rampage is what it was, not Rage. Rampage. Ah, yeah, that tracks. That tracks. Yeah. Yeah, why is he wearing a lion head? Oh, wow. There's there's some decisions. There's creative decisions that were made. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, decisions, I suppose, were made. I mean, by definition, anytime a movie gets made, a lot of decisions gets get made. Yeah. Like, there's no denying it. Every time a movie is made, a lot of decisions happen. That, I so, mean, that, that's probably unfortunate. It's explicitly unfortunate, Brandon. I feel like too um, many people work on movies. Well, too many people work on movies for them to turn out poorly. <laughs> yeah, the, like, the, what I mean is like too many cooks. Like too many people have have well, control over creative decisions. Well, no, what I'm saying is like there's too many people looking at a movie and a bad if a bad movie gets released, like it's by sheer force of somebody being a complete dick because there's so many people who've seen the movie along the way that like at a certain point um at a certain point, you just gotta, you just gotta know. Yeah, well, that that's how you know somebody bad. has no friends. Like, what? when a bad movie gets put out, that means whoever was in charge didn't have any friends. Because a real friend would, like, tap you on the shoulder and be like, hey, just so, like, if you ever meet somebody who smells really bad, like, a friend would be like, hey, like, just so you know, yeah, it smells like you ate a pile of dirty diapers. Out in your mouth. And then that's not to be mean. That's so they know like, hey, you can go out and be cool people to just do a little brushy brushy. But when a bad movie gets out, that means whoever in the chart didn't have any good friends to tap them on the shoulder and know that the brain had dookie inside. Or they're just a psychopath who just Or they're a psychopath. That just doesn't have friends. Or they're somebody who just like makes people like not want to deal with that um I, I i need to start 
reading from the script because if I don't, I'm going to keep looking at. I have literally the entire time we've been talking, Brandon. I've been looking at Transformers. Oh, Lord. I have a problem. I have a problem, Brandon. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! All right, so this is Cryptopedia. Um, something, something, something about myths that haunt the human minds. I'm uh, I'm John. I'm Brandon. Uh, and this week, uh, we're doing a grab bag. Okay. I'll take a grab bag. Um, what do you think the grab bag is of? Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's in the United States, 1800s, um, pretty much everywhere. I am going to say jackalope because it is tomorrow and or yesterday is Easter, depending on how time works. And so I'm going to say you might have tried to thread that in there, although the look on your face makes me think I'm wrong. Damn it, I should have done the jackalope. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I'm just disappointed in myself. All right, I'm going to end the episode. See ya. All right, bye. <laughs> uh, no, this week is Fearsome Critters. Okay. So I, uh, so basically the Fearsome Critters have been staring me in the face for the past two and a half years or so. Has it really been that long? Oh, Probably. Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, so this week, I decided to take an assortment of the critters that are tricky to write full episodes on and present them to you, our listeners, and Brandon, I guess. I listen. He is a listener, technically. Although you take an active role in it. Oh, no. I did page up. <laughs> um, so as a review, uh, the Fearsome Critters are an assortment of tall talent. Tall Tales and Local Legends, canonically collected in the 1939 book by Henry H. Tyron, Fearsome Critters. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. Do you remember that the original idea I had for this show was we would write the scripts for each other? Yes. And then we would read them, like, completely blind? Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> that was a really bad idea. <laughs> That wouldn't have worked out at all. Um, no. But I thought it would be funny. Oh, yeah. I was I was trying to take, like, the dollop formula and, like, flip it on its head a little bit. Yeah, until, like, until you realize reading someone else's writing style that, that's not, that's written in your own voice, but for somebody else. Is awful. It's the worst. Yeah. It's functionally <laughs> the worst thing in the world. One of the, it is one of the worst things in the world you can do from a storytelling perspective. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which so. is also why authors need more credit, because they have to write in a style that is easy for people to read, which means not necessarily in their own voice, but in the voice of how people would be able to read things. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, if you'll remember from the Hoop Snake and Hodag episodes, these stories originated from lumberjack camp camps, typically. Or, like, outdoorsman places, you know, all those sorts of things. Um, in his forward essay, Tyron basically describes the tropey yes and of two people in the know messing with some uninitiated. In essence, it's a hazing ritual, which I stole directly from the, the Hoop Snake episode. Uh, <laughs> as a result, some of these legends have more and less meat. The Hoop Snake and a Hodag had a great deal of lore and circumstances surrounding them. Old spider legs, not so much. Who's old spider legs? We'll get into it. So, as an aside, as I was writing this episode, I realized that the website I pulled this book from, Lumberwoods. 
<laughs> is owned by longtime supporter of the show, Lenwood. And yes, that includes the, the case of the hub the hodag and the hoop snake. So I felt dumb. <laughs> he did do a good job compiling stuff in it. In a, in it's a, phenomenal. And some of his write-ups of of the things are like legitimately hilarious. The level of alliteration that's employed is phenomenal. Um, like really good. Read the, the, the go, just go to the, the Lumberwood site and just wander it. Yeah. Also really great thing. The ads are like random quotes instead of being ads. It's fucking great. Yeah. It's fucking great. hilarious. Also, uh, good job on the SEO because like when you do searches, you inevitably stumble upon if it's in their Lumberwoods, uh, uh, link. Like, I, like you just like, I don't just good Google searches. Yeah. Shows up um, a bunch. So unless I say otherwise, Lumberwoods is going to be the originating source of this week's content. So like I'm using the version of the books that are on there or I'm using the descriptions of the creatures that are on there, but supplemented with other stuff. I don't um, go to the gym, which I, I imagine most people don't need to be told. Um, but if I did and a guy went there, but he only ever worked the upper body and never did a leg day. I imagine he would get called old spider legs. You're, we're not even to the old spider legs bit. I'm still introducing the episode, Brandon. And it just says old spider legs right here. Oh yeah, well, you know that's that's true. That would actually be very funny. Just called spider uh, legs, or just a spider I, with varicose ooh, veins all ooh. over. Or like, or like, just a character from Leica films. You know, like the yeah. really spindly arms and le- really spindly legs, and sometimes they have just like a rip body or or like yeah. um old time old timey muscle men there's old timey muscle men or or old spider legs is when um uh, uh peter parker goes to like a swing jazz night and he's just dancing real good it's all the spider legs there oh well, no one knows that he's old spider legs though oh john's face john your face is stuck is i it? can i can hear you fine though so i guess we're good Okay. As, as long as we're, as long as you can hear me. Oh, I can hear fine. you fine. You look pretty happy too. <laughs> oh, we're back. <laughs> okay. Um, so like I said, unless I say otherwise, it's the originator, um, because it's probably the most comprehensive assort- assortment of these tales that I can find on the internet. Additionally, for our previous tales on fearsome critters, check out episodes twenty-four and twenty-six of this very podcast. So that was from our first year. I'm applauding spreadsheets. I just updated yeah. the spreadsheet, by the way. I had to go back into the the, oh. the um, conditional formatting so I could get the zebra stripes back in there. Um, I may or may not have not looked at the spreadsheet. Oh, you just knew that? I Googled it. Oh, okay. Because at the very least, Cryptopedia Hoop Snake pulls up that episode. I knew oh, the next pretty one fast. Was in it. I, I knew the next episode that I did was Hodag, so yeah. Um, all right, so let's get into this week's list of critters. I uh, like so old first, spider legs. I'm sorry, I just is, scrolled down. Yeah, old spider legs is magnificent. I'm using, so uh, for people who have access to the show notes, I have a picture, or not show notes, the uh, scripts and episode copies. I have a picture of old spider legs created by Gustavo Grappo in 2010. Um as like the section leader for it. And it's Brandon, why don't you describe it a little bit? Old spider legs by Gustavo Grappo is what I wish the knight in the living chess pieces from Harry Potter actually looked like. 
Oh my god, that would have been phenomenal. It would have been amazing. So imagine the giant spiders from Harry Potter. If you never saw the movies, imagine a giant spider. But the body of the spider is a horse. So it's a horse with spider legs. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's pretty great. It's I, majestic. I, it, it, this particular rendition of it is incredibly majestic. So, old spider legs. It looks uh, like a like a mount in an MMO you would have to pay for. Like, absolutely. It's a premium you mount. You have to pay money for uh, uh, this mount, no doubt. There's no way, shape, or form in which they give you this mount for free. Oh, whatsoever. that's glorious. So, um, Spirit... So, Old Spider Legs is the fearsome critter who actually inspired this episode. Okay. Just as a heads up. Uh, so, this creature first appears in Mythical Creatures of the North Country by Walker Wyman, uh, which unfortunately isn't digitized and I couldn't get access to it, which I think has happened before with a fearsome critter. Um, I don't remember which. Ooh. Um, this creature itself is an eight-legged horse that gallops through the forest and accosted lumberjacks in the 19th century. The what? creature itself was witnessed only once, according to the lore. Although, in that instance, the witness was actually able to get a good look at it. Old Spider Legs, as Brandon alluded to, was described as having the body and head of a horse, but the legs were positioned like spider legs. The person gave chase, however, the creature escaped his capture, never to be seen again. It was, however, heard. But alternatively, that could just be two horses running together in the woods. What I think would be more scary than Gustavo Grappa's version of Old Spider Legs is that if it, the legs were in the same positions, but they were horse legs. So instead of I th- big spider legs, they were big horse legs. So I think actually that that might have been the intention because it was here in Galloping. So I think think it might be horse legs oh you know what i think i might have seen a real um old spider legs in like an episode of ripley's believe it or not where like they're like a horse is born that like partially absorbed it's it's twin and it just had a bunch of legs coming out of it so funny you should mention that because this creature while likely a complete fabrication it may not be from the telltellers memory full cloth the thing that you're describing, Brandon, is polymelia. That it's a condition was such a good transition. That was so smooth. Th- I didn't even do smooth. that on purpose. That was now the smoothest not... possible Brandon, transition we could have Brandon, had. Brandon, now, now it's not smooth. We were you perfect. It. We were perfect, and then you acknowledged it. Then you acknowledged it, and now it's all over. The podcast is done. This is why people don't go. Our patrons, because of how seamless that transition was. Brandon, Brandon, like, I haven't even exp- expressed what polymelia is yet. You you said this is such a good transition before I even said what polymelia was. It's melia, but more, the, more of them. Uh, so polymelia is a condition in which land-dwelling vertebrae have five or more limbs. Typically, these limbs are non-functioning. Uh, humans have detected... Polymelia in mythology, centaurs, pegasi, griffins, uh, and dragons are all instances of creatures with generally beneficial cases of polymelia, usually in the form of wings. Or in the case of centaurs, it's a horse with arms. Um, So it wouldn't be unheard of for a 19th century lumberjack to have heard of at least 
one version of this concept, right? Uh, in fact, Old Spider Legs is very nearly slept near Odin's eight-legged horse, albeit in a slightly different configuration. Um, I'm so I'm not entirely sure that uh, Lumberjack might have known about Slepnir, uh, but it existed. So like maybe if he was like a Norse Lumberjack, it was a thing potentially, and like his family passed along stories of the Ragnarok and Thor and Odin. Uh, but who knows? Uh, additionally, poly- polymelia is actually common in Angus cattle, so they may have even seen it firsthand. Regardless of its precise origins, Spiderlegs is a delightful critter and absolutely going to be worked into a future D&D scenario I run. run. And Brandon sent me an image. It's a reverse and- centaur. <laughs> It's a reverse centaur. <laughs> it's just, I don't know why my brain immediately went there as soon as you said it, but I was like, oh, horse, horse, horse top, human bottom. This is awful. Yeah, there's a number of pretty cool uh, interpretations of what this a reverse of, centaur could be. Brandon, these are, great. All, these are all the worst. These all are <laughs> like some of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah. Um, particularly the one that you just posted, uh, <laughs> which is a person on all fours, and there is just the top of a horse emerging from where the head should be, and I hate it. I hate it's, it. It's pretty good. I hate it so much. This, there. Why? 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 Why can you just get it on Shutterstock too? <laughs> They're just on <What>? Shutterstock. <laughs> Oh, this what? is pretty great. Who did this? I don't Why know. Why would they do this? I don't know, but they thought they could monetize it. <laughs> I've also heard I've also heard dirt on Shutterstock, but I'm not going to talk about it on this podcast. Oh, I too have heard dirts. Have you? About Shutterstock specifically? Yes. Okay. Um so I put that in the show notes. Okay. Uh Oh, great. It's there. <laughs> yeah. No, they're all there now, Brandon, because you you are responsible for that. That is now a part of this episode. Like, incontrovertibly, it can't go back. You've ruined this episode. Good job. Ah, uh, it makes me proud. You've ruined this episode completely. Like, there's nothing I can do now for the rest of this episode that is going to come even close to addressing uh, what you've just inflicted upon me. Um. So, yeah, I'm just... That's the episode. I'm going to just play with some Transformers over here. I think you should. About what you did. Because, like, Brandon, you've you've completely derailed me. Yeah. In every way, shape, and form. Because, like, I can't stop looking at these photos. I really should because it's not good for me. The, 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 uh, really, the, the problem with two of the three is, one, the far left is, how's he got no arms? The horse has no arms. And the problem with the far right yeah. is, how's he put shoes on? He ain't got no fingers. Well... Yeah, and at least the middle one doesn't have any... The middle one is like the combination of the two, kind of. Yeah, and the middle one of all of the group is really the one that should be wearing shoes, because it's the only one with human arms. It should be wearing gloves. Yeah, gloves gloves and shoes. It should be wearing gloves. Maybe... it should. You know what it should be doing? It should be wearing uh, gloves and those, like, toe shoes. Oh, no, that makes it gross. Why does that make it gross? Why does why is that the thing that makes that gross for you, Brandon? Have you ever seen the toe shoes? I used to work with someone that I, wore the toe shoes. 
I, I have, but why is that the thing that's gross and not the fact that there is a human body, which you can clearly see the ass and, like, its feet are weirdly stretched out and its hand... Ah, it's so weird. It's so weird, Brandon. Here's the thing. I can picture that in, like, um, a Monster Masume type setting. I can't picture Toshu's in the similar setting. I can, but I... Our imaginations just work in different ways. I just feel disappointed in the world. Okay. So moving on, because we need to. Because I, I can't. I can't. Uh, our next one is the Dingbat. Uh, it, which has a special... Cool. It is kind of cool. I'll, I'll describe it, and then we'll go back to that. Uh, so it has a special place in my heart, not because I have any memory of the critter herself, but my grandmother frequently used its namesake in an endearing matter. Uh, for those who don't know, a dingbat is a stupid or eccentric person, and the mythical dingbat is certainly eccentric. It is. It looks. It looks like like if you just saw it flash. If you sorry, if a stranger was sitting next to you in a waiting room and you saw that on their phone, you go, "Oh, they're looking at pictures of moths." But upon closer inspection, it's not a moth. It's an owl with antlers and. Like a mouth. Brandon, what about that makes you think that's a moth? Like, literally, is that what about that image makes you think moth? Because, like, I'm looking at that, and in no way, shape, or form did the thought of ever enter my mind moth. This is a moth. Ever. Not even once. Really? It, lo- it looks pretty mothy. No, it doesn't. It's a, like it's all furry and and like it looks like a no, moth. See, it looks like an owl with a. It looks like an owl with a fucked up face. Are you gonna be posting? Okay, you're not posting. I was I was half expecting you to post like furry images of moth people at no, this point. No, my that's my brain's of... not in furry. I'm just sending like th- to me that doesn't look. Those moths don't look significantly different from the dingbat. No, they do. They do to me. But I guess we'll have to agree to disagree because that's the way that our brain's identification patterns work. Um, so the dingbat is an owl-like creature from the Great Lakes region, said to be a hybrid of a bird and a mammal. It's it is a, described it's a as owl, a deer, and an Ewok. It's got it's Ewok abso- face. It absolutely has an Ewok face. I was going to mention <laughs> yeah. that later. It is a hundred percent Ewok face. One hundred and twenty percent Ewok face. That is an Ewok on Earth. That is what happens if an Ewok has sex with an owl. That, ooh, I'll save that for later. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's some, that's some sexy stuff right there. Yeah. Uh, so it is described as having a short, owl-sized feather body with antlers, jackalope style, and a pair of wings. Moreover, it is depicted with a mammalian mouth complete with snout and teeth, although it's kind of got, like, the snub-nosed mouth, not like, uh, uh... Not like, you know... Its mouth doesn't protrude. Snout. It doesn't protrude. It's kind of more like a pug. Yeah. Or an Ewok, as we've said. Um, did I mention it has teeth? Because it does. Like, very, very clearly obvious teeth. Yeah. And, like, beady little eyes. Black as a doll's eyes. I'm Although sure they glow red. The, that might be the t- taxidermy. Surprisingly, not this one. But don't worry. Don't worry, Brandon. Oh no! Um, 
So the creature itself is said to be a troublemaker. They would catch bullets in midair and siphon gas from cars. It was commonly seen in Wisconsin during the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Gene Stapleton played Edith Bunker in the sitcom All in the Family, and while not referencing the critter, the character was famously referred to as a dingbat, and there's a uh, there's like a fake Latin name that makes a joke about that. So yeah. I, I love uh, the idea of a cryptid that just huffs gas. <laughs> like, it's seen all the time, and people are just annoyed by it, like... It's not that it's elusive. It's that you like you wake up in the morning, you go outside, and like God damn it, the dingbat's back, and it's just like passed out next to a car. <laughs> you're like, scram, get out of here, get. Like it's very commonly here, seen. Motherfucker. Well, the reason they're all gone is because they've been they've been siphoning gas with their mouths. Yeah. <laughs> so like they've just been died. They just died out once gas cars became a thing. Yeah. Because like they just they just couldn't get enough of that that dino dna yeah it's all that sweet sweet leaded gasoline mm-hmm. and they were they were particularly uh sociopaths the uh the dingbats oh yeah i mean literally because they're playing pranks like like kind of malicious pranks they kind of are sociopaths <laughs> once you once you dip into malicious prank territory you are a sociopath in my book because like pranks shouldn't be malicious they should be no one should ever come close to getting hurt by a prank, in my opinion. Yeah, there, there's... <laughs> unless there's a stated... Unless you've, like, got a set of rules down beforehand, nobody should be hurt by a prank unexpectedly. Yeah, like, there's some pranks where there, there just happens to be a thin line between prank and misdemeanor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there really are. There really are some pranks like that. Yeah. Like, anything involving ice. Oh, yeah. Anything involving making a floor sip slippery, that is that is borderline a misdemeanor, because it doesn't take much uh, to accidentally manslaughter someone. No. I'm trying to think about things with Vaseline. A lot of things with Vaseline also. Misdemeanor. Yeah, level. but mine, mine's more doorknob related. If you put jam on anything, you you are a war criminal. That's a felony. Just on the underside of a car door handle. The, the, the genius thing about that versus like a house door is that a car door handle, because of how they're made, it's harder to clean because you have to get like back behind that and the actual body of the, the door. That that might actually be a felony, in my opinion. The, the, the trick is like each prank has two stages. There's like the actual prank and then there's the recovery. And if the recovery recovers cleanup and you can do something to make the cleanup more annoying, you get like a double prank. Mm-hmm. And that's the, it's really the second one where the, the joy comes in. Fair enough. Um, so the possible origins of this critter are less steeped in folklore than being an expletive given form. Uh, its propensity for playing pranks and mainly targets mistakes made by the pranky for getting the refill your tank or having poor aim. Um, it's bizarre traits. So, so basically like because it's playing pranks like that, it kind of seems just like the person's like, fuck the poor I aim did something wrong. Reminds me of this time. There was a skunk at my parents' house and my dad kept trying to shoot it, but he couldn't. 
<laughs> he's like the, the damn, sights are off. He's like the damn barrel's bent. So then he goes to his dad's house and gets theirs. It turns out that one also had a bent barrel. Now I suspect damn. that it might have been user error. <laughs> nah, couldn't be. Could not be. <laughs> Impossible. Absolutely impossible, Brandon. Yeah. Um. Uh, so bizarre traits such as the antlers and mammalian mouth fill the gaps as individuals yes and the story and come up with ways that it can pull off the prank. So, like, you come up with an excuse for how the dingbat is able to do it. You add a new morphological feature to it for the sake of, oh, now it can siphon gas, right? Um, or they but might just be to no make hands. a the thing is, it had yeah, no but, hands. Could oh, owl feet, owl, I guess it could use its feet. Owl feet. It's got they're they're dexterous, and it could just like you know, it just needs to get its lips around that on that hole. Oh, That's all it needs Lord. to do. Oh. It just needs to get its lips around a hole. That's all. Oh. Uh. It's right around that hole. <laughs> the damn thing back. Deep. It, it tried to Breathe suck my deep. soul from my penis in my sleep. <laughs> Dingbats are actually uh, succubi. That's a fact. Yeah, you've you've heard it here first, folk. Uh, the dingbat is in fact a succubi. So do with that what you will, whatever you so choose. But uh, know it to be true. Um, but anyways, it it might have also just been to make the critter look goofy. Um, as can be seen in the taxidermy event example, which as you noted. Uh, it looks like a winged Ewok with with horns. Oh, yep. In t- yeah. In total, the Dingbat is in the illustrious company of the Fiji Mermaid and Jackalope as pastiche creatures rendered in taxidermy. And I know there was a name for that, but I couldn't come up with a name. Because I know you made a similar thing out of a fa- the, to make a fairy. The fairy. The, so, like, it, it, the general, like, blanket term is, like, a gaff for, like, a sideshow gaff. That's um, it. That's it. And then there's like subcategories of them. So if it was like a baby in a jar, that'd be a pickled punk. Um, and th- so they've got uh, like little subcategories. But just a gaff is like the overall blanket for those kinds of like funky taxidermy or just thing guy made that looks like another thing. Yeah. So I, I- I'd classify it as a gaff 100%. That particular instance is 100% a gaff. Because um, it's. Spoiler alert, the dingbat probably doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. Spoiler alert, nothing in this episode probably actually exists. And it's not even like the hoop snake where we have a snake that we can point to that this might be what they were calling the hoop snake and like they just described mythical properties to it. Um, this is like a whole cloth folktale. You know, they're just cool campfire stories, like dudes sitting around a campfire, <laughs> killing time until they got to wake up and not cut their fingers off again. Mm-hmm. That's about right. That's about right. So the next one uh, is something that I actually hadn't heard of before. It's called the Ding Mall. That, it looks like a cow, but bigger with long tail. Close, but not quite. So, uh, keeping in line with the ding something pattern, because of course, the ding mall is a critter hailing from the White Mountains of New Hampshire and California. Okay, that's a, it's got a wide territory. No, no, not like in, it doesn't exist in between that. It just it exists in those two locations. It based just on my has reading. preferences, I guess. Yeah, yeah. 
So it's a long, slim, and slick cat-like creature with a wolf-like pelt and is known for its sad expression. Why so sad? Seriously, it absolutely looks like Eeyore uh, in terms of its sad face. Uh, like a hundred percent to me. Like I looked at it, I'm like, "Oh, hi, Eeyore! You're a kitty cat now." Yeah, uh, it is strong Eeyore vibes off this one. Yeah. So its body is long with short, powerful legs. Uh, the Dingwall has no deck and a round feline head with glowing eyes and a tufted set of ears. I'm not sure if the eyes literally glowed or if it was an expression of the eye shine, but for the sake of a good story, I'll assume the former. So I'm assuming that it's just got constantly glowing eyes. It's always like more headlights. fun. Like headlights, I'm assuming. Like, because like, let's keep in the tradition of the of the fearsome critters. It has headlights so it can see at night, like little eye. Oh, that's that. That's not in the story, but I'm adding the it. That's now a part of the story. For of me. a creature that. Doesn't have night vision, but in lieu of night vision, emits light from its eyes, so I could see. I mean, that's kind of bioluminescent. Some that now, yeah. now bioluminescence is never used in that that capacity. It's usually an attractive thing. Yeah, like, it, it's, it's not used more... f- for like exploring an environment. Yeah, because because if you because bioluminescence is like intrinsically linked to lower survival odds if you're not using it in a predatory manner. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, or because like, because like, think about fireflies, right? It sucks to beat them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like kids like, catching you in jars. Because like, think about that. You're a firefly. You're just trying to get some some firefly, right? Yeah. Like you're just you're just trying to find some of that some of that good firefly stuff, you know? Because you're. You're looking. You've got like maybe a few days to to breed uh, before you're dead, and you just you just want to get some, yeah, and carry on your genetic <laughs> line. But here's the thing: in order to get some, you're pre- you're like presenting yourself to the world, and like fucking kids, man, just capture you and hide you away in a little jar, and then you just can't get some. That's. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> like imagine that. That's the most horrifying thing about, uh, um, what should we call it? About uh, firefly catching. It's yeah. It's that they're they're out there and they're like they're peacocking while they're out in the town, and then a kid catches them and puts them in boner jail. Basically, yeah. <laughs> basically every every time a person has caught. A firefly. They have literally just put them in horny jail. Yeah, <laughs> that is it. It is the 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 little like the little like bottle is horny jail for that, fireflies. Oh, the bar scene would be so different if people's crotches glowed when they were like <laughs> out trying to out trying like roving around. I mean, if people's genitalia glowed, uh, it would make things like it would be way better in terms of like. Everyone being on the same page. Yeah, true. Right? Like, if everyone's bits glowed, like, everyone would know. And, that like, would no, be... it, it, it would get rid of the moments where, where people, like, walk up to someone who doesn't want anything. It would save a lot of time, right? Because there'd be, like, the, the, you'd go up, you'd start a conversation, you're, of course, glowing. But then after, like, ten minutes, if you just, like, do a quick little glance down, and it's not... And they're e- not glowing anymore? It, there's not even a twinkle? You're just like, all right, bye. Like, you 
had fun, but yeah, yeah that that save a lot of people a lot of time. It would. It really would. Like, oh, there's no interest. Um, so this this actually uh, reminds me of the Electric Six song. Who's the Electric Six? Okay, so there's a music video, and I'm, I'm posting it inside this. So there's a music video by Electric Six called Danger High Voltage. Okay. Um, and the the lyrics are great. Because they're like, uh, let me see. Let me get the lyrics. Uh, it's fire in the disco, fire in the Taco Bell. Okay. Fire in the disco, fire in the gates of hell. Uh, something about kids starting fires. It's my desire, my desire. Don't you want to know how we keep starting fires? It's my desire. It's my desire. Danger, danger. High voltage. And then their crotch glows. What? I don't hate this music video. It's not bad. <gasps> I don't hate this song as a general rule. The song's not half bad either. No, it's great. Like, it's not the kind I typically listen to, but I'm like, okay. What is Electric Six even? Like, I've this is the only song oh, I know Oh, his crotch them. is glowing. Yeah. I like that little pencil mustache. It's, an Amer- oh, it's a six-piece American glow. rock band. Yeah, their music was described by All Music as a combination of garage, disco, punk rock, new wave, and metal. That's kind of cool. I like. I I don't typically like disco stuff or like it's, dance it's things. Got it, it's got its own. It's got its vibe. It's got a vibe, and I'm not opposed to the vibe at all. Also, no. the the fact that they reference Taco Bell in their song, I'm all about. Has anyone ever put the uh, Pizza Hot Taco Bell song to music? What? The K- Kentucky Fried Chicken McDonald's. When you're, have you ever gone to summer camp? Oh, are you talking about chicken and macaroni? No. My homies? No, 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 no. Not the like TikTok song. It's the Pizza Hot McDonald's. So it's just a song about fast food. Um... Uh, pizza Hut, pizza. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this it? It's like Pizza Hut, Pizza Hut, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and a Pizza Hut. It's just a song that they teach you at like summer camps. Uh, pizza Hut, McDonald's. There's a bunch of shrimp or krill what? dancing. It looks like this is uh, from Shark Tale. I want to say. I've, oh, there's there's a dancing baby. I've never heard it put to music before, and I've never heard it in the style and the link that I just sent you. But I, it is it. Like just a bunch of kids at a summer camp, and you like make make like M with your hands for McDonald's and the Pizza Hut. Like you, you... oh. So Brandon, I never, I've only, I only, so I went to summer camp a little bit, um, but not a lot, and I never went to like a. I never went to summer camp like sleepaway, with the exception yeah. of Boy Scout camp, which is just like a lot of like weird testosterone. Yeah, because Boy Scouts are terrible. That's I I get it. P- Boy Scouts are the worst. Like, <laughs> fuck Boy Scouts. Because it's like you got a bunch of like hormonal John, I, teenagers. I think that's the controversy around them. Damn it! <laughs> you fucking know what I meant, you motherfucker. <laughs> 
I'm so I'm so disappointed in myself right now <laughs> for not catching that. God damn it! <laughs> that was a that was a that was a flaw on my part. Yeah, that was a flaw on my part. It was. Uh but for real though, I hate. Boy Scouts. It was really I got I got like picked on a lot, unsurprisingly. <laughs> I also got the coin collecting badge my first week as a Boy Scout. Oh, did you have those things growing up where it's like the uh, um an Quarters. unfoldable unfoldable quarter thing and there's like punch outs and you can like put every there's a uh, uh, cutout for every quarter from every state and then you put that in the thing. Yeah. I, I also did, did that. Um, I also had, like, actual coins, like, other than state quarters that I was collecting. Like, weird, like, random-ass coins from different countries and stuff like that. I used to collect rare um, nickels. Fair. Fair. <laughs> Just awkward sounds. Yeah, yeah, fair. Like, like, I mean, cool. Nerd, nerd meet nerd, yeah. Like, different yeah. years and, like, the different metallurgy between the different years and, and how rare they would be. Yeah. I liked I liked finding like a silver quarter. That was always fun. Those were always cool. You don't find those anymore. No. At least I haven't. But then again, I maybe I don't. I just don't get change as much anymore. Because I I'm think like that's constantly... what it is. Because I'm like, I haven't. I can't remember the last time I got change. It's very rare, especially in in COVID times. So. Yeah, like I just don't want to be touching your shit. Get um, out of here. Anywho, so we got really derailed from the ding wall. Yeah, that was a that was a that was a track. Um, so the Dingwall also has a tail twice the length of its body. Okay. Interestingly, there are two varieties of the Dingwall, as mentioned above. Is it prehensile? Intent- yes, sort of. We'll see. Okay. Let's keep listening. Uh, for all intents and purposes, the eastern variety sounds like a more docile mountain lion with a long tail, as even its cry. A dreadful, horrendous wail summons memories of mountain lion cries or cougar cries, depending on the part of the country you're in. Um, the Californian variety, however, is far more anomalous, sporting a medium-sized bony ball at the end of its tail. Uh, the ball is used for pest control, in gathering wood chips for the nest, and as a mate element of its mating ritual, wherein the male beats their chest to attract mates. So I'm assuming prehensile, because they're uh... using it as like a as a tool. Yeah. Um, additionally, females have a larger ball, which, according to fearsome critters, is only used to beat the male when they're being an ass. Nice. I was hoping to go more of the extreme restraints direction, but okay, I'll take no, that. No, it's, it's not that kinky. Uh, the California variety has a cry resembling the toot of the logging mon- donkey, uh, which I don't really... I, I guess it's like a bray, maybe? Uh, or wait, the logging donkey. Isn't that... That's a specific like thing, isn't it? Like it's a it, that's a machine. It's a it's a machine. Yeah, it's a, a yeah. A it's a steam donkey. Uh, steam powered winch only once widely used in. So it's a winch. Yeah. What does it sound like? It's like um. A it's probably whale? like a two. I think. Well, it's, it's a steam thing, so it's got to be a pressure release at some point. Yeah. Yeah, it just sounds like a. Oh, there it is. All right. It goes toot, toot. There we yeah, go. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a steam thing. Yeah, it's, it's exactly 28 seconds in there. 
is the where it goes toot toot, and then you know exactly yeah. what the old uh, yeah, uh, that's, it's like ding ball sounds like. Yeah. All right. Okay. I guess that's what the ding ball sounds like, folks, in California. Um, or it might just be loggers because that that's around the time that logging was happening. Yay! With logging donkeys, so. And California had a very lively logging thing. Yep. <laughs> um, so there's a little meat of the, on the bones of this critter in terms of why... There's little meat on the bones of this critter in terms of why it exists. At its core, it's really just a mountain lion with extra bits. Yeah. Um, I think the wood chopping functionality is... Of the tale is the core of the conception of this creature as a financial explanation for why dead trees in the forest somehow sometimes have been reduced to chips. You know how, like, when you're in the woods and you see, like, a tree? Oh, well, yeah. You remember the times that you've been in the woods and you've seen a tree and it's, like, chipped away? Yeah. Like, I think I think it's more or less just an explanation for that. Oh, okay. Like, or, like, it's giving that. And then, like, add in the logging don- donkey toots now. It's also just, like... Adding a, oh, there's an animal that sounds like this, too. Whoopee. Whoa. Uh, so, yeah. And, because this week I had a theme going, our next critter is the Sliver Cat. The Sliver Cat? Uh, the Sliver Cat. That's cool. Sounds like a cool magic card. Oh, that would be cool. That would be cool. Time Spiral came out, and they re-released Slivers, which I think I might have talked about on the last episode of this podcast. Sweet. Um, But, yeah, that's cool. I like Slivers. They're probably one of my favorite Magic the Gathering creatures, but you every deck looks exactly the same. So That's fair. Because um, basically it's just like throw every kind of Sliver possible into the deck. The deck. That's it. Yeah. Um, so in contrast to the land-based Dingwall, the Sliver Cat is an arboreal feline with a similar mace-like ball amongst adorning its tail. In contrast to the Dingwall, however, the tail is half smooth and half adorned with a spike protrusion. Um, once again, the ball is used in the mating ritual as a means of attracting mates, but uh, more importantly, it uses the ball to hunt. Perched in a tree, the Sliver Cat will hang its tail overhanging the trail, when the prey appears, it will first strike them with the smooth side on the head and then use the spike side to drag the unwitting victim into the tree to be eaten. Metal. Beyond the... Yeah, it's pretty metal. Like, it's got some... Uh, what's the name? What what movie is this like? Uh, Any serial killer has, movie? Yeah, it also kind of has, like, um, alien vibes to me. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Like, a little bit. Like, I got a little yeah. bit of an alien vibe when I was reading it. Uh and that's Alien starring Sigourney Weaver, not, like, just any random alien. Um, which I feel like is obvious, but, like, I also feel like I need to note. Like, do people younger than us know what Alien is? Because I feel like it's an iconic movie, but I don't know if people... Like, it's it's it, it's an old movie for us, even. So it'd be an even older movie for someone younger than us. True. Hmm. I don't know, because it, didn't it come out in, like, the 70s, the first one? Or was that the 80s? I, th- I think maybe 80s? or No, 1979, yeah. I was right. Yeah, and so it's aliens 1979. Came- wow, what a gap between Alien and Aliens. Oh, there's big gaps in that franchise. That's so weird. 
And then Alien 3 was another, Jesus, six years? Yeah, and then you have uh, Alien vs. Predator. Uh... Wow, there were six years between Prometheus and Alien Covenant? Okay, okay, this is just getting distracted again. Um, so, ba 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 ba. Beyond the tail, the creature is capable of reaching 300 pounds in weight with tasseled ears and red slitted eyes. See, the red eyes. Told you they would show up. Um, based on the woodcut, uh, the sliver cat appears to be a much larger lynx or bobcat with a long tail. Uh, and for some reason in the picture, it's hanging upside down. Like a sloth. Like a cool Kinda sloth. Kind of like a sloth. Yeah, like a cool sloth. Um, like the Dingwall, there's minimal fat to chew on this particular critter. The weight is kind of laughable for an Arbella cat, as even the chonkiest of big cats in the Americas only hit 220 pounds, and that's the cougar, and that's the male variety. I think the male variety? I should have probably written that down. That means I can go one-on-one with a cougar. No. Because that, yeah, a cougar is 220 pounds. A cougar's solid muscle, Brandon. We can go in the same, like, we're the same weight class. We can do one-on-one. And the cougar will win. I'm, I've am i got years of experience handling Brandon, cats. Brandon, we're persistence hunters. That's, like, our whole thing. Human, humans as a species? Yeah. We're just, like, super efficient at just running something until its muscles literally lock up because it can't, like, live anymore. Yeah. Because every other creature has a shitty... Uh, heat management system and we're just like that's literally the reason why humans are like basically the apex predator is just because we have the like we just follow you until you pass out and then can't get up to defend yourself and then we go we're gotcha we're effectively like evolutionary stalkers yeah at our core like we talk about like you know how there's always like these fictional villains who are like effectively stalkers that like catch up to you at any can catch up to you at any given moment all that sort all of like, stuff all like the key like old school horror movies like that's the yeah. whole thing yeah it's just people it's just people doing to people that's what people, people do to animals yeah, it, uh, like, yeah. It, we're just people yeah I don't know where I was going with that anywho uh, not only that but the creature is fi- typically found in the pine woods and pine trees as Brandon I'm sure you're aware are really known for their low, heavy branches. Low, heavy branches and sticky, sticky, sticky. I, I wasn't. I, I wasn't. I was being facetious with the low, heavy branches. Like, the, well, it depends what kind of tree. I mean, they're usually like they're not super tree. low. Like you can crouch under them, and you don't have to crouch very far. The older it gets, like the higher up they go, right? Does yeah. It, like yeah, they don't like. They don't, like, stay at the bottom. They go up, like, hundreds of feet. Yeah. And so, they're like, also super sticky. Yes. And why would a... Why would a... Why... Why would the creature that has a, uh, what, eight-foot tail? Something like that, I said? I, I don't know. I said it was... It, it's a long tail, but, like, why... Why would, like, it need a crazy long tail to function in a, uh... In a pine tree? It wouldn't need a crazy long tail to function in a pine tree, but also for its size... There, there's no how like what kind of prey would you catch in a tree? Birds. And well, no, you're bird-like things. No, the point is you, you. There's a trail like a deer path underneath you, and you hit something on the deer path, and then pull it up into the tree. Oh, gotcha. I mean, it's clearly fictional. Like, there's no reality in which this exists. Like the, 
the the morphology doesn't make any sense whatsoever because the cat's primary weapons would be its teeth and claws like any other cat yeah right like why would it have a mace like tail when it already is an apex predator with just the teeth and claws you clearly haven't seen the way i train my cats to use a butterfly knife it's impressive well okay butterfly knife aside they didn't evolve a butterfly knife into their hands you put that there Next week, I'm teaching them how to do Zippo tricks. Fuck. <laughs> They're going to be the coolest kids. God damn it. Um, Tiny so leather st- jackets. That's all I'm going to say. Are you making your cats greasers, Brandon? Oh, yeah. They're going to be the uh, the tunnel snakes. Tunnel snakes rule. Tunnel snakes rule. Um... Uh, the sliver cat appears to be just another example of creative monster building. As I noted before, maybe these lumberjacks would have made great DMs. They would, because this is kind of just D and D, but like storytelling, like just without the dice rolls. So yeah. And now, Brandon, yes, we come to our last and probably my favorite of the fearsome critters: the hide behind. Nice. The pervert of the forest. Kind of. So the hide behind is probably the most dangerous critter we'll cover this week, and perhaps one of the most dangerous of the fearsome critters. The hide behind is a slender, six-foot-tall, bipedal creature capable of hiding behind trees as thin as 10 inches thick. It bears a thick pelt, long and black, and has a curved tail, Powerful forearms complete with grizzly-like claws. The pelt is said to be so thick that it's impossible to discern the creature's face. Uh, they even say, like, you can't tell if it's coming or going, but it has a tail. So unless it has a tail and a penis that's shaped like a tail, <laughs> it's uh, a tail you can tell. And a hog. Let me tell you something. Like, you can tell which direction it's facing. <laughs> no, you can't. If you have not seen the piece on Unless it has that. Unless it has that. If you have seen the piece on this creature. <laughs> It is. Whew. Let me just tell you, if it gets excited, it passes out from blood loss to the brain. It's all we're going to say. So really, the way to beat a high behind is just get them horny. Oh, yeah. Okay. Show it some Got Jessica it. Rabbit. <laughs> that pause is too long. I'm just, I'm just trying to think of why Jessica Rabbit would be the thing that a bear-like creature gets horny for. Uh, I mean, it's just about discovering puberty. Like, it depends on the age of the hide behind. Okay. Okay. Uh. <laughs> oh, no, that, that just... Okay. Whew. Uh, the creature <laughs> appears to be an obligate carnivore with a preference for intestines. Its preferred method of attack is to leap from a hiding place with a, de- a demoniacal laugh, disemboweling its victim with a single swipe. The laugh itself is said to be responsible for the deaths of some victims as it is singularly terrifying. I imagine it has the exact same laugh as the dog from Duck Hunt. Like, that's the last thing you hear before it just disembowels you. Banana. Yeah, that's probably, that's probably accurate. <laughs> now I'm thinking of uh the slightly snightly whiplashes uh Oh right? yeah. The dog whose name I can't remember, the <laughs> Um 
He makes an appearance in the Scooby Doo movie that recently came out, Scoob. Yeah. Which which is basically the Hanna Barbera Avengers, which I think I've talked about on this podcast, but like they're setting up like a Hanna Barbera verse. And I'm kind of all about it. What Hanna Barbera was very confusing, and and it's very confusing because I legitimately enjoyed the Hanna Barbera show uh, cartoons growing up. Yeah, and uh, at the same time, I could recognize that all of the Hanna Barbera cartoons are copies of themselves. Well, once once Scooby Doo came out, basically everything became a Scooby Doo copy. Yeah, yeah, everything like, was a Scooby Doo copy. Once once they figured out the formula with Scooby Doo, they were just like, "This is it." Yeah. This is the thing. They literally went, let's take, and it's the exact same, like they were carbon copies of each other. Oh, they not just went, even accidentally. What if Scooby was a different animal? And that's it. That's the whole show. What if Scooby was a shark? Yeah. What if Scooby was a car? What if Scooby was an ape? What if Scooby was a gay phantom? But not really. He's just effeminate. Wait, which one was that? Gets- uh, the, like, uh, what is it? Uh, Ghost Hanna-Barbera. Um. It's like this something phantom. Oh, I'll believe The funky it. phantom. The funky phantom. Oh, the funky the phantom. I, I feel like they were intentionally effeminate. Which is kind of like oh, I remember the Funky Phantom. Which in which in the time period is like like so in the time period that's shorthand for like a gay person because yeah. like they did like flamboyantly stereotypical gay people. Obviously, if you talk like that, you're not necessarily gay, and there's nothing wrong with one being gay, and there's nothing wrong with talking like that. It's just. The Funky Phantom kind of had the implication of that. It's the implication. They should do like a, a realistic Wacky Racers movie. Oh, God, please don't. Like, imagine Death Race meets the first version of Sonic the Hedgehog that had to get redone. But it's oh, all no. Hanna-Barbera characters. Did I tell you I finally saw the, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie and I really liked it? My nephew loved it. Although my nephew also prefers the weird version of Sonic that they had to redo because people hated it. Huh? That he that was his preferred version of Sonic. No. Your nephew's wrong. Yeah, well he he also goes deep. He's of the generation that goes deep into that where like he likes Sonic and like the different like demon werewolf versions of Sonic. He likes all the weird internet meta stuff. That's that's interesting. And there's like fake movie trailers for like there's like a, a werewolf Sonic, so people make like spooky mm-hmm. trailers as if there's going to be a real horror version of Sonic coming out. And he, he he likes to watch those. Gotcha, gotcha. Huh. My nephew kind of likes doing stuff, watching that stuff too, which is weird. Like creepy pastas. He, he likes the versions of creepy pastas that people put a lot of time into to make look like they're like movies or that they're real. Gotcha. Um, so it's more than just sneak attacks. Uh, the high behind has never been seen in the open. 
The creature is supernaturally fast and stealthy, capable of staying behind its prey and behind a tree, regardless of how fast the prey turns around. Hence their name, the Hide Behind. I think the, the Hide behind. behind. Now, is it possible that the Hide Behind really just has like a shadow jutsu where it can teleport from shadow to shadow? No, it's it's not a ninja. Do we know that? We're pretty sure. Pretty sure. Okay. I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure that it's not a ninja. But, you know. Not a Naruto ninja, at least. Um, yeah. Uh, moreover, the high behind is in it for the long haul. Being able to go for a whopping seven years without eating. Then it... Uh, does it mean it just doesn't eat that often in that case? Like, it is an incredibly slow metabolism? Yeah, but it moves so quickly that it needs to have a fast metabolism. So, like, like in terms of how physical creatures work, it doesn't whatsoever. Um, anywho, take heed, however, as the creature has an aversion to alcohol. Oh, as such, safe. The inebriated and those with only who have had only a single beer even are seldom attacked, even in country that is filled with hide behinds. Because apparently there's more than one, which is a horrifying thought. Um, so the hide behind is one of my favorite fearsome critters. Uh, the creature itself is kind of a satire of other myth- mythical beings with an aversion to being seen, as it's literally in its nature to avoid being seen. I like the idea like, of like guys sitting around a campfire making up stories or trying to convince each other of creatures. And then like a lumberjack's like, well, if they're everywhere and they're so sneaky uh, and they're so deadly, how come none of them have killed any of us before? And the other guy's like, just like looks that. around and he's like, they hate alcohol. And they just are all just around a campfire. Because I imagine they're all just getting shit faced around a campfire. Oh, obviously. 100% they're all getting shit-faced. They're like to the point where he's like, they have an aversion to our blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the amount of alcohol in their blood, literally, like their blood alcohol content is like permanently at a level that they're never going to be harmed by a high behind. No. They, they, Me, however, They prick their fingers dead. for Firestarter. You, yeah, you're dead. <laughs> I'm dead in an instant. Um... So, moreover, the juxtaposition of a fairly articulate description with its literal inability to be seen by the stock E makes one question how people even know it exists. It's a walking codifier of the nobody comes back alive stories in which the creature is described in excruciating detail, but nobody's allowed to survive. So, like, if nobody ever comes back alive, how do we even know what happened? I was just reading, like, I, I didn't do it because there's not much information on it, but I was looking into another cryptid where it was another one of those, like, nobody ever comes back from it. And then it's like, well, wait a minute. How do we have such a, a, a thorough description of such a thing? Yeah. Like, that doesn't make a lick of sense. No, it doesn't. But I love it. It's one of my it's one of my favorite tropes because it's so ridiculous. It, although it um, sounds like it might have been created to, um, as a story based on, like, when someone's in the woods and they feel like they're being watched, like they created the hide behind out of that. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I'm getting as well. Um, so in general, in addition to that, I feel like the critter is like a sort of prank for hazing 
uh, tender outdoorsmen who might have never like been used to get used to that like like that feeling. Yeah. Like and like it's more or less a fictional boogeyman to r- rattle them with for their seniors' amusement. So like you tell a you tell a new outdoorsman like, hey, the high behind. You know that feeling when you feel like you're getting watched. That's a high behind. It'll gut you. Yeah. Like that's that's the kind of thing that I like the kind of vibe that I get. Um, a good way to, the to, to mess with the new guy. Yeah, pretty much. Like a left-handed smoke shifter or something like that. Yeah. Um, alternatively, it could also be making light of the very real reality in which people may have disappeared in the woods, never be seen again. Um, so it could literally also be just like, ah, oh, high behind got him. <laughs> like, that's true. Although after listening to... I know we've mentioned it a couple times before the the dollop. There are a number of stories that they touch on where like people go out into the woods to do a tough job like the lumberjacking thing, and then they just go home after a very short period of time. So people do just go disappear, never be seen again. I'm sure a portion of those people just went home, murdered by the hide behind. Murdered by the hide behind. We've also had people at work do that. Like someone gets a job interview. When they show up and just halfway through the day, they just leave. Hey, I mean. <sighs> it's a mood. Yeah. Um. So the high behind still makes my appearances in modern culture. Although my personal favorite iteration is the one from the Gravity Falls shorts, wherein it is a slender nightmare creature resembling a skeleton more than its classic depiction. Um, and it's little, the shirt is literally called Hide Behind. Um, What's gra- yeah. Why have I never... Should, should I be aware of Gravity Falls? Brandon, you don't know about Gravity Falls? I do not know about Gravity Falls. Brandon, that was like the core... One of the core concepts of the campaign that I ran. I was using Gravity Falls explicitly... The reason why the town was named Twin Falls was because it was a combination of Twin Peaks and Gravity Falls. See, I only got the Twin Peaks reference. God damn it. (laughs) I put so much work into that town and then you guys shit all over it. Yeah. (laughs) All over it. You guys, like, I was trying to make a campaign that was easy for me, basically. I was trying to make a campaign... Where I could just, like, do a Monster of the Week every so often and yeah. not have to worry about, like, an overarching story or anything like that. But no, no, we hate the overarching story, so we're going to just destroy this town. Yeah. <laughs> this town that John put so much time and effort into, designed all these characters, had a spreadsheet with all these character names. Oh, they're all dead now. Because yeah. we decided that we didn't want to be here anymore. Yeah, it's about how it goes, I think. Although I think that's not a unique experience to you. I think no. that's, that's a common experience to everyone who's DM'd. But there were so many, like, there were so many little things in the town that you could have discovered by just talking to people. Like, there were fake personalities, there were fake appearances. It was this, like, whole thing. Like, I did so much work on it. And then it, all of it went to shit. There's I, also not, I think, a unique experience to you is, like, having created NPCs and secrets that player characters can learn and experience. 
those aren't going to be explored. However, the throwaway NPC that just happens to be around because you casually mentioned there was someone around, that's who the player characters are going to latch onto. Isn't that right, Charlie? <laughs> that is very right. The parody, the, the Charlie Day reference in a fucking tavern was the thing that you latched onto. Not all the other stuff that was going on in the town. Charlie Day. Oh, yeah. Charlie Day. Not only was that a character we latched onto, it was a character that we tried to, like, build up. Like, <laughs> give him... He came like, back hundreds of years later because yeah. he was, like... I forget the excuse I gave. I think, like, he was turned evil or something, like, forced evil or some shit like that. I don't know. Some contrived shit to make him come back because... Basically, I had I needed to restart the campaign because of because like you know we were shifting from Pathfinder to Five E and all that stuff. So, yep, Five E I still think is my favorite system. I like it better than Pathfinder. Pathfinder is a little bit too onerous. I, I think Five um, E they streamlined. Um, like, I, like I think I, I think it's just streamlined. Is all I, th I think uh, it's a streamlined version. Where you don't I think go too deep into like any specific mechanic. They just kind of let it be its thing. It's good for beginners. Then if you choose to make it more complex, they allow you to. And then there's some people who learn how magic works in 5e. And then the DM doesn't. And it's just like, yeah, sure. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, which, which, yeah, which is fair. I should start listening to... I, I've been looking for a new D&D podcast. This is now just us having a conversation. The, the, the episode, I think... Yeah, it, is it, it is. over? The episode's done. Yeah, it's done. We're done. just having a conversation. The episode's absolutely done. The, absolute, <laughs> the, episode, the episode's absolutely done. We finished this episode. The hide behind was the last thing I had. There's... Although I suspect my next episode might also be a grab bag with fewer variety. But mm. we will see. I might try um, to keep following a, a vein. A vein? Did you find a good one? A meaty one? No, but I found not a lot of meat, but a lot to, like, follow. Like, one that's mm. easy to chain into another one. It's all about those combos. Whenever I can set up a combo for these things, I like to, to get a combo set up. The wombo combo? The wombo combo. Um, all right. On that note, um... Our website is CryptopediaCast.com. Our Instagram is at CryptopediaCast. Our email is CryptopediaCast at gmail.com or us at CryptopediaCast.com. Our Patreon exists. There's a link in the show notes. And we got to thank our Jackalopes. Cool. Oh, you're up. Ha ha. All right, then we'll thank the Jackalopes. That is Clay Sinclair, Marty Von Party, Bird Schneider, Jonathan Shepard, and fuck Andrew Jackson. And, um... I like, I like, like the, our, our, our patrons, they do their own things. And then on occasion, you'll see them popping into other things. And so there's like this whole little meta network of interaction that goes on between uh, them, which is kind of cool. And also they uh, come hang out in our Discord, man. Yeah. Weird stuff happens in there sometimes. Weird stuff happens in there. We have a Facebook group that's been gaining users again. I just hope it doesn't turn into a bunch of people talking about cryptocurrency again. But It's not. So what I do before I approve people is that, one, they do make sure they answer the right question that, that was set up so that they, they're like, are you sure it's not a cryptocurrency? But then also look at the other groups they're a member of. And if they have, if they're a member of other groups that are into other, like, 
in the same vein as what we do i go okay it's it's pretty safe to let this person in they're just joining like crypto groups got it uh let's see <laughs> um <laughs> if you enjoy the podcast be sure to rate review sorry i, was, I had messages rate oh. review subscribe stuff like that if you have monster requests or stories be sure to send them in and brandon give me your plugs I thought you were transforming a thing. Um, you could find me on Instagram at donkey underscore hands. My website is boyerb.com. My email is brandon at cryptopediacast.com. And my Twitter is at crypto brandon. Uh, on Instagram, I'm at mu27. My Twitter is at JF Dunham. My website is johndunhamgames.com. And my email address is john at cryptopediacast.com. Our art was done by Tom Hill. You could find him on Instagram at Thomas Michael Hill. His website is greatergloryco.com and his email is tommikehill at gmail.com. I also have not seen him at Hanford recently. Dang. Okay. Dang. Dang. I think it was bir- his birthday recently, so if he listens at all, was happy it? birthday. I think so. Yeah, happy birthday, so. Tom, if it was. I didn't... If he listens. Uh-huh. I don't know if he listens. I don't know. He might. I assume nobody does. I, I assume nobody does too. It, it makes me feel less sad if if our views don't go up. There's we're gonna break two hundred thousand soon. Are we? I, I haven't really been paying that much attention to our listenership. Yeah. Wow, that's surprising. Let me see. I'm opening it up. <laughs> don't don't call me out on my lie. Don't, I'm gonna. Don't I'm gonna. Call. I'm gonna call you out on your lie if you're lying. Because nobody listens. Nobody listens to this part, anyways. No. What? That's what? That's true. But don't don't correct me with facts and did you say data. Did you say two hundred thousand? Yeah. Brandon, I wish we were even close to a hundred thousand. <laughs> we have twenty nine thousand listeners. Like listens. Yeah. We're like that's a that is a tenth of what you just said. That is, but that's not bad. So, uh, let's see, because that, that's that's enough. So let's see, um, that's enough to buy like a new car. But it isn't because it's not money. But if it was, you could buy a new car with that. But it's not. It's not money. But if it was, so let's see, let's go, um, you get a brand new 2021 Toyota Corolla LE, luxury edition, right? That's the luxury edition for that, and still have plenty left over. Um, let's see, what are some of the big ones? Can't get a 4Runner, alright, we can't do that. Uh... I think I'm going to end the episode, Brandon. Oh yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Uh, I'm John. I'm Brandon. And uh, things are going to get weird. <laughs>